Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Liberty and the Law, the podcast series that examines the critical elements of a strong legal defense in criminal cases. Join respected attorney James Dore for this lively discussion on the rights of criminal defendants and the important role defense attorneys play in our legal system. Here on uh, Liberty and the Law, we've had a number of discussions in which we've tried to try to explain certain aspects of the criminal defense system. Uh, Lavelle Law Defense Attorney James Dore has always done a great job explaining the process around different types of charges and uh, always shares with us a, a great look behind the scenes to better understand how cases are handled. Uh, today what we're going to do is we're going to take a step, maybe even two steps back, and talk about the history of our laws and how some of the structures that attorneys like James operate in came to be. Uh, so it should be great insight. Uh, hi, everybody. This is Jim Mitchell, and happy to welcome you back to Liberty and the Law and uh, as much so to welcome uh, Attorney James Dorp back as well. Uh, Jim, it's good to talk to you again. How are you today? I'm doing well, Jim. I'm happy to be back on the show. And like you said, I think we're going to get back to some basics on, uh, on the law here. Yeah, well, I'm going to rely on you to kind of help decipher a lot of questions regarding the legal system. Um, some of these are things we just never really stop to think about, but if uh, if you listen closely to you know, discussions or personal experiences, stories about criminal law, you, you hear different types of uh, crime, different jurisdictions, different law, and other factors that, that sort of speak to the complexity we'll try and pick apart today. So I'll start at the beginning with a very broad question about, I guess, what we would call the authority of law. So, you know, where where do prosecutors and, and entities like a state or a municipality get the authority to, to make and then ultimately enforce laws? Well, to start with, the government gets the authority from the people. So um, in the course of establishing the nation and beforehand, uh, you know, the colonies in, in establishing the, late, the nation set up with the constitutional law system or the Constitution, um, drafted the Constitution, which, you know, spelled out specifically the, the powers of the different branches of the government and the powers that were granted to that government by the states and the people. So... You know, you're, on the federal level, your U.S. Constitution would be that that framework, that basic framework mm-hmm. of setting up the government. Okay, and similarly in Illinois, we have a state constitution as well. All the states have their own constitutions. Um, you know, some systems are a little bit different than others, but um, you know they have the basic you know granting of authority. So the you know how the prosecutors can have that authority would have been granted by some formal document uh, granting police powers to that state. And, and are those powers established and set up for general purposes of, you know, keeping the peace, of providing, you know, a, a safe environment? Uh, I mean, is there sort of a, would you point to something and say that's that's why we do this? Right. I think that generally police power is there to protect uh, public health and safety. So in that, in that broad, that large umbrella of that, protecting the public is, is you know, one of the one of the duties of a prosecutor, and uh, and why the governments are set up to begin with, because you know we're, we're you know it's a it's a collective effort on our part to you know to provide a uh, like you said a, a safe and peaceful environment for citizens. Mm-hmm. And, and and you you referenced you know going back to the to the really the formation of our country as a starting point for some of this, uh, and I know there's laws that, are, that have been on the books a long time. Do do all these various entities, do they frequently update these, you know, whether it's a code or a constitution or a set of laws? I mean, how often do things like that really get reviewed and changed? Well, it's, you know, it, it depends on the area of law, but 
you know, it's a common question. Well, what's the law on, you know, pick a subject? And that's where the attorney would start the research project of, okay, I better find out what the law is on this. And and it could be kind of a, a, a web of different things that would influence. Like, say, um, there's a drug arrest, okay? Um, that would have implications of, say, uh, the U.S. Constitution, uh, search and seizure under Fourth Amendment provisions, so there would be constitutional law applied. And at the same time, you have, a, say, an agent from a police department here in Illinois. So we're looking at statutory authority for that police officer. Uh, Illinois also has search and seizure law and has codified some of this law. So there's different statutes that come into play. So let's say got a drug arrest, so there'd be a uh, a statute related to types of drugs and amounts of drugs, usually weight or you know pills or whatnot, but um, you know how to quantify those drugs. So that would all be in the statutory law that would have been passed by our general assembly and signed by the governor. So we're looking at the kind of overlapping layers of law. And as a defense lawyer, like I had that question, what's the law on this? Well, if I want to challenge, say, the stop or the search of a vehicle. I'm looking at different things, all the way to the you know, U.S. Constitution and how the Supreme Court has interpreted the, the Constitution, and also looking at individual laws of the state of Illinois. So there's, you can see how it, there's that, that overlapping, and as a defense attorney, we're, we need to check all of it. You have to look at every individual um, basis under the law, uh, or the laws, to challenge if we can. So I've heard some terms there, and I was thinking of this earlier because there are certain things when when those of us in the general public talk about this, we throw terms around. So I hear constitutional law, and you referred to statutory law and different criminal codes. Are we just using different terms to describe the same thing, or are those actually different types of laws and different pieces of of uh, pieces of law? They're, they're different types of laws. Um, you know, starting from the basics constitutional law. Everybody has heard of the U.S. Constitution. It has some basic understanding of, of the document. Um, you have statutory law, which is laws passed by legislatures. Um, they're codified in, in Illinois to be codified in the Illinois Compiled Statutes, but different states have different methods where the laws have to be published, put on the books, so the, so the public can be notified of those laws. It's one of those basic premises of you know, that, uh, that you're citizenry is notified of the laws that will be enforced against them because, you know, obviously mm -hmm. you want to know what laws you'd be potentially violating. So um, laws have to be codified or, or, or published. And then we also have case law where we have judges who are rendering decisions on, the, the, you know, uh, applying those laws and what certain terms in those laws may possibly mean. So They'll, they'll flesh out what does this law mean, what, how do we interpret this law, how should it be implied, or is it being applied improperly here. So, you know, different, like I said, there's different layers of the law, and they all are relevant. Every one of those areas is a potential for a defense attorney to seek you know, uh, methods to attack um, charges against the client. So we're looking at all of it. Yeah, my guest today, you're hearing from Attorney James Dore of Lavelle Law, and, and he's the uh, the guiding force behind this podcast series. And uh, he always, you know, shares his experience from from more than two decades of criminal defense. Um, maybe this month we'll refer to him as Professor Dore. He's he's taking time to explain quite a bit. I'm I'm scribbling down. I like that, Professor Rhino. <laughs> 
I, I'm running out of paper here, and if, if people are listening, I'm, I'm sure they're doing the same. So um, this is kind of a great social studies review for us, but let me tell folks to give you a call at 847-705-7555 or, or check out lavellelaw.com to get more information than we're going to get to today. But um, I do have some things to follow up on and absolutely, here. Absolutely, Jim. I agree with that. If, if, they need a, if anybody needs a question answered, um, call, send an email. Contact information is obviously available on our website. Uh, please contact me anytime for any kind of question. I'll answer anything I can. Yeah, and you've always been been great about that, and and it helps uh, you know sort things out. But you you were talking about what you do when you when you get a case. So you know if you're looking at what law or piece of law has been violated, does that change? Like if it's a civil code violation as opposed to what you might consider a constitutional law, by is, is it different than how you have to start your work to prepare a defense? Um. I'm not sure I understand the question, Jim. Are you talking about like a local ordinance kind of code? Or yeah, are you yeah. Talking, so, uh, yeah, so is, does, does one type of offense require that you have to, like you mentioned, you know, case law and having to see how a judge applied a, a law to a ruling in the past. Would um, would you have to kind of do a little research to, to figure out how you're going to approach uh, representing someone in different types of cases? Absolutely. That's, that's where we get down to the kind of the fun part of being a lawyer is researching the case and finding points where, you know, there may be some vulnerabilities or some, some uh, ripe areas to attack. Um, we're looking for weaknesses in a prosecutor's case. Obviously, a prosecutor is going to attack a, a case from a different standpoint. They're looking for how do I prove these charges? What evidence do I need to get in under the uh, at trial? Um, you know, so it's, it's a different philosophy. But I have to look at it at times, you know, I have to think like a prosecutor. How is a prosecutor going to prove this case? What are the weaknesses in the case? And sometimes it could be, you know, a fact pattern that helps out. Sometimes it's the law. Sometimes it's a, you know, what I can find in how a judge has interpreted similar uh, cases in the past um, that may help us. Sometimes it's just, you know, playing on the statute itself. Or, it's, and like I said, it comes down to constitutional law. If I can find a, mm-hmm. a Fourth Amendment basis to uh, attack an arrest as being an unlawful search and seizure, you know, that, that comes down to, to constitutional law. Um, in uh, some very active area in constitutional law. And, and let me flip that now a little bit, um, and I'm sure you've you know, potentially encountered this. I've spoken to you and some of your colleagues at Lavelle Law in the past, uh, usually in January when we talk about new laws that are being enacted uh, in the upcoming year. Um, so do you, have you found yourself in situations where you don't really have that background, where there's a new law that might be instituted or a change to an old law where you really don't have anything to go on, and, and how would you approach that then? Well, that's the thing. You get, let's say you have a, a new law. Well, you have to wonder how are how is that law going to be implemented? How are the prosecutors going to handle it? Um, are they going to be active enforcing this new law, or are they going to be you know, not so active? Um, what are the judges going to rule? How do they do they look favorably upon this new law, um, or are they going to strictly enforce to the letter? Um, there's been many new laws in my career and changes in how um, you know, certain laws are being uh, prosecuted. So that's yeah, that's one of those fun areas again in the law where, you know, there is some question. You know, how are judges going to treat this, and what are prosecutors doing with this? But, you know, we have to do. In law, you look at different things, like especially with the common law system that we have, we look at similar fact patterns in previous cases and see how judges have ruled with similar fact patterns in the past. That could give us some guidance. 
but sometimes a brand new laws is just that it's brand new it's a law of mm-hmm. first impression and it's it's one of those where we have to make our best arguments uh to the judge and uh hope for the best and and with that regard even on some of these cases um whether it might be traffic or some you know, drug or other violations I know you cover a lot of territory here in the Chicago area, so do you have to be prepared from county to county for uh, differences, not only in law, but in, but in courtroom procedure and how things are handled? Absolutely. The differences in, in laws between counties and what, what a prosecutor, say, in Cook County deems is important or a prosecutor, say, in Kane or McHenry County. Um, you know, it's just different emphasis. They have different crime problems. Um, and different needs of their citizens. So, um, yeah, you have to be prepared for not only differences in local statutes, because um, there could be things on a county level, um, but there's also just you have to know, you know, the players in the courtroom. And, uh, you know, I always, it seems like at the end of the podcast, I throw a question at you that may be off topic a bit, and, and you usually smartly defer those to a longer separate discussion, so feel free to do so here. And I just happened to see in the, in the paper recently, um, uh, I think, some changes where some municipalities are starting to take on the ability to hear certain cases internally as a municipal thing as opposed to going through the court system, uh, maybe in traffic violations, things of that sort. Are you familiar? Are you starting to see this at all? Is it having any impact on on um, how you would uh, or how you might handle cases? Well, sure. Some some counties would say uh, some local towns would handle their own DUI prosecutions. Uh, for example, uh, Naperville comes to mind. Um, they would they would handle their own DUI prosecutions. Now they can do that as long as the, the DuPage County State's Attorney grants authority. But mm-hmm. it's just a different layer of of I guess uh, ordinance violation. Um, another, another twist, I guess, to the to the scenario that we're talking about, you know, under whose authority, um, you know, differences. There could be differences between the counties and the different levels. Yeah. 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 Hopefully, I'm answering well, your uh, question. <laughs> no, you are, and and I and I think it's you know we've got a list you and I keep of things we want to talk about in the future. We'll we'll add that to it, but there's always so many different things to enjoy talking to you about. I want to thank you for being here again. Uh, a very informative quarter hour with Attorney James Doerr of Law. Um, to get more information on his practice and uh, his work as a criminal defense attorney, uh, I encourage you to visit LavelleLaw.com. Uh, you'll find you know, some past articles he's written, uh, and you can also download a number of uh, a growing number, growing collection of our past podcasts we've got there. So that's LavelleLaw.com. My thanks, James, for being here. And, of course, uh, thanks, everyone, for listening. We look forward to talking to you on our next edition of Liberty and the Law.